From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Anxiety Project Podcast. This one is episode 240. I am Brad Robinson. Today, I'm diving into diet. This is massive. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I'm excited to share with you my experiences with uh, a low-carb diet. Currently, I am on a carnivore diet. I've transitioned from a ketogenic diet to carnivore, and I've been on a very strict diet for about five years now. And it's gotten even more stricter as I've went along. I've done a lot of experimentation, adding things into my diet, eliminating things, re-adding things, eliminating things. It's just been a five-year experiment and it's been going extremely well. So I just want to share this experience with you, how things are going, how the transition period was, why I decided to go on it, why you should consider going on this diet, why Diet does contribute to anxiety, your mental health, and your overall well-being. So there's a lot to tackle today because I'm going to get into the fundamentals of a ketogenic diet, what to eat, what to avoid. I'm going to add in all the benefits it had on me. I'm going to talk about uh, studies of people going on an animal-based diet and the benefits and the vitamins in the diet that help for optimal health because there's a lot of resistance to an animal-based diet because we've been led for so many years to think that meat, eggs, uh, fats like butter, like ghee are harmful to our health. It'll cause heart disease. It'll cause cancer. It'll clog your arteries. So that is currently in our culture being debunked, but it seems like there's this seesaw effect happening because so many people are now coming out into the public sphere saying, well, it's obvious that meat doesn't cause cancer anymore. It's obvious that butter is not bad for you. It's obvious that uh, cutting out sugar grains is improving people's weight. It's also improving people's overall health. But the big food corporations do not want to support this, obviously, because someone like Kellogg's, they go, well, that's just bad for business. Like people who only eat beef, eggs, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of honey, a little bit of bacon. Well, that, that I'm not, we're not going to sell our product if that's the case. So it makes sense that big food corporations hire scientists to conduct studies and then, well, because they are funding these scientists, what's happening is the scientists are going to favor the results of Kellogg's, for example, because, well, they gave me 
all of this funding and the results are clear that, well, oatmeal is not that nutritious by any means, but you know, if I say that, you know, people should eat beef and cut out grains and sugars, then Kellogg, what am I like, I don't want to do that to Kellogg's. So obviously I'm going to favor the results that fit with what Kellogg's is selling. So this is what's currently happening. And the pharmaceutical companies do not benefit from this by any means. So let's get into, well, I want to talk about how and why I transitioned to a ketogenic diet, how I, how I first came about this. Um, it really came about five, about five or six years ago. It's been some time where, you know, Maggie and I, we went out to dinner for a few days eating pasta and pizza. And I just, I was sitting in the car and I just told myself, man, I have to change the way I'm eating because it's self-evident that after I eat pasta, I just feel bad. I feel lethargic. I get so much brain fog. I feel anxious. I feel depleted. I just don't feel good. It feels good for the 15 minutes I'm eating the food, but afterwards, I, it was not good for me. I knew that. And I, I wasn't reading into diet. I wasn't studying it. It was just blatantly obvious that when I was eating these foods, it made me feel bad. So I remember listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. He's a, a psychologist, clinical psychologist. And he said that he decided to go on a carnivore diet because of his daughter, Michaela, thriving on this diet because she was suffering from a lot of immune issues, autoimmune issues. He was, he went on the diet and then he, he said on the podcast, all these benefits started to take place. His gum disease started to reverse itself. He was feeling less hungry during the day. Um, all of his symptoms, he was losing weight, all of his symptoms related to his autoimmune issues started to disappear. Everything improved in his life, his sleeping, his uh, mental state improved. And listening to this, I'm like, this just makes sense. It clicks because I was just experiencing this terrible feeling after eating pasta and then watching this podcast, cutting out pasta, cutting out sugars. It just clicked for me that, you know what? I think this is the best path to walk down. So I decided, you know what? And I'm starting the anxiety project at this time. And I wanted to be the best speaker I can be, the best thinker I can be. I wanted to articulate myself the best way that I could because my role models could. So I was like, you know what? I think this is the best path forward because I just really want mental clarity. I wasn't focused on my weight per se. I was focused on I just want to feel energized. I want to feel good every day. I want to have mental clarity. And that was the goal. And that was my aim. And so I took a leap of faith into this diet. And what happened was immediately the mental clarity started to kick in a few days into the diet. Now, before I talk about all of these benefits, I want to go back and talk to you about how my life was like before going on the ketogenic diet. I would regularly feel irritable. 
I would continuously snack on food throughout the day, like nuts, for example, or protein bars, you know, those things. Um, but I would also have periods of being hangry. And Maggie would attest to this too, you know, periods of the day where I'm like, I got to go stop at McDonald's and grab a poutine. I'm not, you know, I need to eat something. I need to eat something. But, but now eating a meat-based diet, I eat two meals a day without any urge or craving for desserts, snacks, or processed foods. My mood is stable. There's no extreme highs or lows in my mood or my emotions. My mind is clear. And that's huge for me. The fogginess of my mind, the sluggishness, that lifted. And this is a big one. There are no periods of crashing, you know, hitting the wall at 2 p.m. and needing a triple-triple coffee or an espresso. That went away. And that was massive for me because those crashes were a daily thing. Now, keto is a diet where you keep your carbohydrates intake to about 100 grams of carbs a day. Now, that's the highest, I would say. I would, for me, the, the less carbs I would consume, the better I felt. But when I talk about carbs, I'm not talking about processed sugars. I'm not talking about grains and I'm not talking about vegetable oils. I'm talking about, well, I don't think there are carbs in vegetable oils, but you shouldn't consume vegetable oils at all. But, uh, yes, I think the carbs should come from nuts. Now for me, when I started keto, I was eating a lot of almonds. I was eating, um, sugar replacements like stevia or erythritol or monk fruit I was I was eating I was eating some berries but I noticed that the more I would eliminate those the better I felt but right away I still felt pretty good just by eliminating sugar in general just by eliminating grains like pasta pizza cereals even eliminating dairy was a huge huge thing it was just a massive improvement overall but keeping your carbs to less than 100 grams a day is massive so you have to become one of those people who goes into the uh, supermarket and look at the ingredients list you have to be that person. And I became that person. I became obsessed about what I'm making today. You know, going into the supermarket, grabbing a steak and I and grabbing vegetables, which I started, that was the start of my diet, eating steak and vegetables, fish and vegetables, um, uh, keto snacks and desserts, right? You know, the almond flour, cupcakes, almond flour, cakes and cookies and things like that that's the start of my diet because it was really challenging to wean myself off of the standard american diet it was really challenging but i noticed that my body would change in a very positive way more defined muscles and i was less of a frail person 
and I noticed my skin improving. I, I was, I had a lot of acne growing up. I remember going on proactive to manage that sucker, but it never fully went away until I went on this strict diet, eliminating dairy, eliminating processed foods. That was massive. And then my teeth and gums improved. This is massive because I had a lot of problems with my teeth growing up. I mean, I had 12 teeth pulled. I had braces. It was no joke, man. And so, you know, I have a lot of negative feelings and and I used to have a lot of trauma around my teeth. But going through keto, I noticed my gums would improve. They became healthier. My teeth became whiter, um, less dentist visits. I remember going, th- I don't recommend this, but going through keto and not going to the dentist for four years. And then four years later, I show up at the dentist. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to find something. I haven't been here for four years. And then they go into, they, they take x-rays, they clean my teeth and they go, hey, Brad, you know, no cavities, everything's good. Your teeth are great. And I look at them and I'm like, oh, that's a relief. You know, I thought I was going to come in here with all these problems and you know, wow, this diet, man, this is incredible, right? Because I I know so many people who get cavities all the time and teeth problems all the time, gum disease and sores and stuff. I used to get sores all the time, but that went away. It was massive. And then not only that, no more body aches. And that was big, like stiff knees, for example, or stiff back or yeah, like any stiffness that went away. Because I later learned that keto diet is eating healthy foods your body can can process efficiently and effectively and getting rid of these toxins that are in other foods. And so the inflammation goes down. And so all of your body parts, the, there, there are, there's no inflammation anymore. Everything just seems to be more flexible and free and pain-free, especially. And so other than that, sleep improved crazily. I noticed that my breathing improved. That's massive for me because I had a lot of respiratory issues. So I can take deep, full breaths with net, without any resistance or effort. That is massive. I can't stress that enough. Also, I'm more energized, less sluggish. Like I said, I'm not hitting a wall. I think about food a lot less during the day because my diet is so strict and I'm less hungry. So when I do become hungry, I already know what I'm going to eat because I'm eating so strict. Oh, I'll probably eat a steak and some eggs and maybe some bacon. Right, that's that you know, it's easy. It's uh, there's no stress about oh, what should I get? What's healthy? What's not healthy? It's it's a, it's it's pa- it's a pain in the ass, really. So now I already know it's like it's, there's no stress around oh, what am I gonna eat? I already know what I'm gonna eat, and that's that. It's awesome. And to top it all off, I noticed that my anxiety radically lessened 
And this was a huge realization. This was icing on the cake because before I went on the diet, I was meditating, I was exercising, I was um, doing breathing, all of this, and it worked. It really worked. But until I went on a strict diet and sacrificed all of these junk foods, then I noticed the quality of my life improved. Like this was the icing on the cake. Before the meditation and all of that was was a was a pretty good icing-free cake. It's pretty good. It still tastes good, still looks pretty good, but the icing on it is what, hey man, that's what that's what finishes the cake off. You know, it's not it's not as good without the icing, right? So all of this improved just days into the diet. I remember starting off just eating vegetables and salmon. And I remember sitting at Starbucks and I was going, whoa, I feel mentally clear more than I've ever felt in my life. There, This is the path. You just know, but you have to take that leap of faith and do it to understand what I'm talking about. So what do I regularly eat now? Okay, so I talked about, you know, eating vegetables and meat at the beginning and then going into keto treats and desserts and all of these things. But I stopped with I stopped with the sugar replacements. I stopped with the nuts. I stopped with the berries. I stopped with Yeah, I think that's about it. I stopped with those things and I noticed that I, I felt better being more strict. And now I eat for breakfast, I'll have some beef patties, medium beef patties. I think it's a one-to-one ratio of fat to protein. I'll eat, I eat about two of those patties. I'll eat about three eggs fried in grass-fed butter. And then maybe a couple slices of bacon, sometimes no bacon in the morning. And then for dinner, I'll have some bacon, I'll have some more eggs, I'll have, and the eggs are pasture-raised, free-ranged eggs, which I love because you can tell the yolk is just a nice orange yolk. It's really nice. And if you don't have access to that kind of egg, don't worry. Any egg from the supermarket is better than cereal, than be- better than any of the regular things you probably used to eat, like oatmeal, for example. Just get eggs, right? But anyways, I, eggs, um, and then meat I'll have for dinner, sometimes steak. I'll have a little bit of liver, beef liver. I'll have, what else would I have? Some lamb once in a while. I'll, I like, um, yeah, maybe some more beef patties for dinner or sometimes some sardines. I really like sardines, but I'm, I keep my diet in the realm of beef, butter, bacon, and eggs. That's pretty much the backbone of what I eat. And then I'll add some other animal foods in there um, periodically, maybe some chicken wings uh, once in a while, things like that. But other than that, I'll when it comes to vitamins, the only vitamin I take is vitamin D. I'll take that in the morning. I take around... 10,000 IUs. I think it's IUs, 10,000 IUs a day. Um, Eight to 10 I take around, but that's it. 
and I feel really good. Um, I went to the doctors. I haven't been recently, but, but the, the time I went to the doctors for a checkup, my lab results were great. Uh, my doctor said, whatever I was doing, keep doing. Maggie, my fiance, she's on the same diet. She just went to the doctors recently, got a checkup. She's been on the diet for years now, five years, almost the same amount of time I've been on it. And she, her labs were fantastic. She looks good. She feels good. And her labs came back great. She, she got blood work done and, and her iron is top notch, man. And it makes sense because she eats meat, right? She eats meat and, and it's good for you. So, so I eat around two meals a day. I feel satiated, meaning I just don't get hungry and, and, I don't think about food. I'm not walking around craving. I'm, I'm not starving myself. I feel full. And so my mind doesn't have to think about eating. It thinks about other things. It thinks about the podcast. It thinks about, well, my clients. It thinks about reading, whatever it is. Just, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to behold. And I fast mostly from... I'll say 17 hours. So sometimes I'll have a meal at 2 and I won't eat until 8 a.m. the next day or 7.30, 8 a.m. So I'll fast and I, I, I sleep really good and um, I'm really happy about it. It's in, and fasting is really useful because it gives your body time to relax, your organs can relax. You're not constantly shoveling in things and your organs are just working and working and working with no time to calm down and recover. So fasting is really, really useful. But let me talk a little bit about some of the nutritional benefits you get from eating these foods. First of all, meat absorption is 20% higher than plant absorption. You're absorbing a lot more nutrition when you eat meat than you are when you eat plants. In plants, you are only absorbing about 2%. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get iron from spinach, it's like, yeah, well, why not eat beef liver? This just, it's just, you're going to absorb it better. You're going to feel better. There's more nutrients in liver. And, and spinach has oxalates, which cause kidney stones. You know, I felt better when I cut out spinach. I used to eat a lot of spinach and almonds. I cut those out. I felt better. That was just part of the experiment. And it was self-evident that I just didn't need it. My body, it was better off without that. Okay. And I'm talking from my personal experience. So take it with what it's worth. And I would recommend that you experiment with yourself on that. Okay. So in beef, you get B12, which is good for blood formation and your brain and your nervous system. You get zinc, which is important for body maintenance. You get heme iron, which means it's more easily absorbed than the iron you find in plants. That's huge. You also get niacin, which is B3, which helps. Well, low niacin has been associated with an increased risk of heart disease. So you got to get your niacin in there. 
B6 is in beef. You get healthy fats for brain health. Our cells are made up of cholesterol and fats. So when you eat, and our brain is, I think, 70% fat, 80% fat. It's really high up there. And I noticed for me, eating foods high in healthy fats, like beef, eggs, uh, grass-fed butter, I noticed that my brain functions at a high level. It's energized. It's absorbing in information at a greater degree and retaining the information at a greater degree. Um, and, I, and I just feel, you know, because take the statistics or the the information you know, for what it's worth, I mean, it's useful to know that our body's made up of, you know, that feeding it healthy fat and cholesterol is going to improve overall functionality. It's great. But once you start to implement it and you see for yourself the results, then you will understand that it just makes sense. It makes sense. And also, I'm going to give you guys the resources for you to go check this out yourself. Doctors that I look up to, books and and information in the show notes so that you guys can go just dive into this more for yourselves rather than just take my word for it. I want you guys to explore this, okay? So now I really want to dive into this Harvard study that just came out, I think it was 2022 or 21, but I'm going to skim through the study because there's a lot here. I'm going to leave the study in the show notes so you guys can just look more into it if you want to. Okay, but let's look into this study about the carnivore diet, okay? Oh, 2020, a a team of researchers at Harvard University conducted the first mainstream study on the carnivore diet. The study surveyed over 2,000 carnivore dieters. And I love this because before, when, when people would look at meat as being harmful, these were survey-based studies, meaning they just took random people and they surveyed them and linked meat as the causal factor for obesity and heart disease, right? But the problem with that is people with their steak, they're eating, they're drinking Coca-Cola, they're eating bread, they're probably eating rice, vegetables, um, chocolate bars, whatever, right? But the bias of the people conducting the study which you can find in Nina Teicholt's book, The Big Fat Surprise, which I highly recommend you get. Pause the podcast, go on Amazon, buy this book because it will open your eyes to horrific truths that you've been led to believe by big pharma, big food corporations about meat and the the demonization of meat and fat. Um, and it opens your eyes to the lies you've been fed. Um, go read that book. If that doesn't shock you to your core, I don't know what will. But anyways, going back to this uh, survey study, it's it's very bad because they just the people 
who conducted the study already had a bias of, well, meat's bad for you. We're going to just pick out what suits with our bias, right? But it's like, it's very bad study because, you know, people are eating French fries with their steak and you're saying, oh, the steak is the reason why these people are unhealthy. So cut out the meat. And so now what I love about this Harvard study is there's not much to really, you know, contradict here because the, the, the dieters in this study are eating mostly meat. So it's like, well, it's going to be, you're going to get some pretty great results because of that fact. But let's get into this. Um, let me just scroll down here and let's get into this. So the participants, I think 2,029 participants in the study, 64% from US and Canada, 11 from Europe and 8% from Australia. Two thirds uh, were male, one third was female. The average age was 44. So 18 to 85 was the age range. Um, the average, the the weight range of the study was uh, 84 pounds to 388 pounds. So the median weight was around 168 pounds. And then why did they begin the carnivore diet? The vast majority of participants participants stated that they started the carnivore diet to improve health and lose weight. And so what health reasons? Under health reasons, the participants cited the following specific areas, body weight, body composition, focus and energy, 74%, allergy and skin autoimmunity, 56%, digestive health, 52%, athletic performance, 46%, mental health, 45%, diabetes, 11%. How long have the participants participated in the in the diet uh, for at least six months that's awesome the median length of reported time on carnivore diet was 14 months now what food did they eat on this diet 85 percent consuming either a combination of beef bison lamb goat and venison at every meal or at least daily, eggs and high-fat dairy, so 44% eggs, cheese and cream, 43%, pork, 13% of the participants, 53% reported consuming pork one to a few times a week, poultry, 2.5% reported consuming poultry at least once a day, 38% consumed poultry weekly, fish, 36% consumed fish weekly, organ meat, 42% reported consuming organ meats at least once a week. Bone broth, 52% of participants consumed carnivore diet bone broth at least monthly. Herbs and spices, um, 21% used it daily. Salt, uh, 36% of the participants consumed salt liberally. The remainder reported low to medium salt intake but salt is very important on the diet. And for any, if you're a human being, salt is important. Um, And then fat content of meat, 61% consumed high fat meat, 37 chose moderate fat, 
and then 2% chose lean. But I would choose moderate to high fat if you were to go on this diet. And then uh, let me scroll down here. What participants drank on the carnivore diet? So coffee and tea, 57%. Coffee and tea, 24%. Never drinking coffee. Uh, yeah. Okay. And alcohol, 83% never consumed beer. 86 never consumed low-carb beers. 55% never consumed spirits. Uh, and then electrolyte supplements, um, that's important. Um, and some people don't even have to use it, but I feel like some people use it sometimes. And uh, that's like me. I, I use electrolyte supplements sometimes. Um, let me see what would let me scroll down here. Okay. What did participants experience on the carnivore diet? The reports reported the reports reported high satisfaction. Okay. hundred percent of diabetics came off injectable medications. Whoa. 92% of diabetics came off insulin completely. Whoa. 84% of diabetics came off all oral medications. Whoa. Improvement in all diseases, 90%. Whoa. Okay, that is massive. The self-reported changes in health status were overwhelmingly positive. 95% improved overall health. Oh my gosh. 91% improved hunger, food cravings. 89% improved energy. 85% improved mental clarity. 83% improved focus. 78% improved strength. 76% improved endurance. 69% improved sleep. 69% improved chronic disease. 66% improved memory. That is, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Level of satisfaction with the carnivore diet. 98% of participants reported being very satisfied or satisfied. That is huge. Overall, numerous studies show that high-fat, low-carb, animal-based diets are how our ancestors evolved eating over nearly 2 million years. For these reasons, it's important that a reputable and notable institution like Harvard take the carnivore diet seriously. Absolutely, and I think everyone should. I mean, that is an amazing study. And, you know, I, I've come across so many vegans reporting that switching over to a meat-based diet radically improved their quality of life. And recently... In, Bear Grylls, who's the survivalist uh, TV star, um, who I actually really like, he switched from a uh, plant-based diet to a meat-based diet. And he stated that a plant-based diet gave him kidney stones, which you know makes sense if you're eating a lot of oxalates in, well, through nuts and um, what, what else? Spinach. But he's eating liver and 
eggs and more more meat and he says his health radically improved and there's no doubt about it no doubt about it now when i hear someone say i can't give up that it's not worth it i think i think personally that it's a shame because if they only stepped into this way of eating they'd know the benefits and they far outweigh the pleasures of processed foods it far outweighs those things like cakes, pizzas, pastas, because you see yourself in the mirror looking good. Your skin looks better. You feel better in all these different ways that I mentioned. You think better. You, your mood is better. You just feel good. Life, it just seems easier to navigate through when you're not having all of this weight of whatever's going on internally, you know, your autoimmune problems weighing you down. So the everything brightens up in your life. And I've noticed that it's not worth cheating, going back to cakes, cookies, pizzas, pastas, pies. It's not worth going back there for me because, because how good I feel, it's, it's not worth it. And I, you know, I can cheat anytime I want, right? It's like, there's nobody with a gun to my head. But when people say, oh, what's the big deal? You know, have a piece of pie. It's like, if you only knew how I felt, that pie is going to impact me for three to five days or a week after I eat it. That's how much food impacts the body. And I've experienced that. I've cheated before on the diet. I know when I cheat through experience that it's going to have an outcome that'll last. It lingers on for a week or two after and to bounce back from it. it for me, it's not worth it. It's just for 10 minutes of mouth pleasure. I already get mouth pleasure from eating a steak. I never get bored of it. People say, don't you get bored of eating the same foods? I'm like, no, cut. Have you ever cut into a piece of steak and ate it? This, I crave it every single day. When I'm making eggs, my mouth waters every single day. Have you not eaten eggs? Have you not eaten bacon? Have you not eaten a delicious fatty steak? It is so delicious every time. And for the last five years, I haven't got bored of it. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here, listening, being a supporter of the show. I'm going to leave resources below. Um, some great doctors that I highly recommend you look into include Dr. Sean Baker, who is uh, a bodybuilder right now, and he's strict carnivore. He only eats steak and I think some bacon and eggs here and there, but he's a meat eater and he's a massive healthy guy. He used to be a surgeon in, uh, in the army, I believe the army. Yeah. He's an, he's an amazing guy. And he, I think he, I don't know if he has a book. I think he has a book about the carnivore diet, but go look him up. He has a YouTube channel. Um, there is 
Dr. Ken Berry, who is one of my favorites. I highly recommend you follow him. He has a book out called Lies My Doctor Told Me. And that's a fantastic book. He has a YouTube channel. He guides you through the diet. So if you want a step-by-step guide to getting into keto, he has all of those videos. Go check him out, Dr. Ken Berry. Also, I recommend Dr. Paul Saladino. He has a book called The Carnivore Code. Great book. He also has a great YouTube channel and a great Instagram account. Carnivore MD is his Instagram account. I highly recommend you check out my conversation with Michelle Hearn. She is an animal-based advocate and dietitian. She's awesome. She has a great book called uh, The Dietitian's Dilemma. Go check that book out. I love that book so much. Oh my God. Uh, It's amazing. Then I recommend Nina Teicholt's book, The Big Fat Surprise, which I already uh, touched upon earlier. Oh my God, that book is unfreaking believable. So those are just some of the references and, and resources that I highly recommend you look into. But take a leap of faith. Try the diet out for yourself. And I couldn't recommend it more. I just, this is the way I'm eating forever. And that's just the way it is because of the great benefits it has over my mental and physical health. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery.